For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Nick. And I'm Imran. We're joining here on Tuesday. We've given ourselves a couple of days to kind of get over a very disappointing Manchester derby result. Um, I mean, yeah, I say very disappointing, Imran, but yeah, there's a lot of talk about kind of game of two halves and how you know we were at least in this game for half weren't we although you know the kind of fallout suggests that we got absolutely battered and the result of course 4-1 looks like we've got battered but we were in this game for at least half of it weren't we I mean I think all all of the above can be true can't it um we were in this game for a half it is very disappointing maybe more so because we were in it for a half and we ultimately did get battered. Uh, such was the depravity of that second half performance that, yeah, it was a battering. Um, and particularly for me, it is more disappointing because that first half was, wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. Twenty first 20 minutes, we thought we started really well. Yeah, they scored, but that goal kind of was, wasn't like, it wasn't like they were dominating. They just kind of had a chance and it went in. Some poor defending. And then we did well to come back into it. They scored again. We actually finished the half quite strongly. Sancho had a big chance. Uh, and then from a corner, I think Maguire, Maguire like nearly scored. McTominay probably would have had a free header. He just timed his jump right. So I thought, that you go into the second half 2-1 down. It's not the worst thing in the world. And if you've played well, you think, okay, we can kick on from there. But then we did lit- the literal opposite. of Whatever the literal opposite of kicking on is, that's what we did. <sighs> Yeah, and it's you know it's become a recurring pattern now under Ranić, hasn't it? That we start matches well, and second half just doesn't seem to happen. I mean, again and again. I mean, it's different in this one because we've gone in two-one uh, down at half time, but often before we've been leading at half time and have ended up drawing matches. Uh, and I don't know whether it's just about players have not got enough physical energy to play his system. Uh, it's difficult to put any other 
reason down for that and why constantly we seem to maybe play all right for 45, maybe 60, and then just drop off massively. I mean, especially when under Ole, it was completely the opposite, where time and time again, we'd start games badly, go one goal down, even two goals down, and always be playing catch-up. And often he was pulling out those comeback wins again and again. So yeah, to go from one extreme to the other is just really weird. I mean, what what's your explanation for why we're often tending to start games pretty well and then just fall off completely um i mean the one obvious one would be lack of match fitness i guess um just not fit enough um especially like you look at pogba apparently he can run only for 55 minutes and then literally die like he just falls off a cliff completely um that would be one thing um but then we've been second half united a bit as well at times this season under, yeah, wasn't I mean, there a game recently we were second half United? I can't think of what, what it was. What, under Ranić? Yeah, there was uh... recently. I can't think of what the game was. Um, but we were better in second half than the first half in that game. And everyone's like, oh, well, that's the way to do it. Be crap in the first half and be decent in the second half. But generally, yeah, we are better in the first half. Oh, Atletico Madrid, we were better in the second half than the first half. That was the one. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, there is the odd time. There is the odd time. Exception. And to be fair, that was the one time where Ragnik, I thought, got his changes pretty, pretty well. I think often his changes aren't great. And that holds us back a bit. The changes in this game were terrible. He didn't have that many choices, did he? I mean, I mean, yeah, look, let's go back to the start of the game. But just quickly on that, I also think what he is, is I think other teams change how they play. City mm-hmm. step it up and change it, and we just don't adapt or change ourselves. And I think that's an issue. Yeah, that could be it. I mean, for me, I am putting it mostly down to kind of fitness. Which, to be honest, is poor at this point. You know, I know even Ole, when he came in, came in and talked about how he wanted the players working harder and running more. And you remember at that time, like under Jose, we'd had a team that was like the lowest kind of running stats, like in the whole Premier League. And Ole had talked about getting more fitness, more time. And it kind of seemed to go in for a while. And then, I don't know, kind of got forgotten about. And yet again, we're at this point where our players don't seem to be able to run for 90 minutes, which for professional footballers uh, who are training every day week in week out getting paid hundreds of thousand pounds to me is pretty ridiculous really uh you know if all their peers are managing to do it why our players cannot keep going for 90 minutes is pretty crazy um i mean as we said like if we go back to kind of the start of this game there was we did the podcast with jamie we had a bit of kind of positivity because we'd had a good record recently at the Etihad and we thought our players could be up for it uh, but you know form obviously would suggest that City should beat us then the bad news came out the day before that Ronaldo, Cavani, Varane, Shaw were all going to be missing and you know I'm usually on the optimistic side but yeah that did kind of hit my confidence pretty much as well, especially like Varane is the big one in that list. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Ronaldo and some people are saying, oh, maybe it's a blessing in disguise that he's missing. But I, I don't think it's a blessing that he's missing completely. Uh, maybe, you know, that he's not in the starting lineup could have been all right. I don't know whether if he had been available, would he have started or had Ranić kind of decided to go with this completely different system or did he go with that because he didn't have a recognised striker ready to play? Well, I guess we're not really going to answer that. Uh, you know, there has been reports that the team had already been training with this kind of more false nine or whatever in the build-up to this game. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think Ronaldo was, had not been fully involved in training as well for a couple of days uh, 
Kalanick had said in this pre-match that there's two or three players with kind of niggles and we're unsure about. Although he did also say that he thought Cavani would be ready and in the end he wasn't there either. I mean, it's becoming very frustrating the amount of time he's out. Uh, and he's, I saw that he's got two big international games coming up in You'll the break. Fit for those, don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, fit for those and then, yeah, out for another month after that is the kind of uh, been the pattern with him lately. But look, anyway, Randy has gone with this kind of system going up front. It's kind of surprised to me. I think a lot thought, yeah, Bruno will be the kind of false nine. But Pogba was also pushed like massively forward. It was almost like we had a double kind of two false nines over there. Uh, It's a 4-2 kind of four is kind Mm. of what I would call it. Yeah, I thought when I first saw it, I thought, oh, what he's probably going to do is like not necessarily not one of them is the false nine and they both kind of rotate between them who pushes up the furthest but then it did seem like they were basically just were well, yeah they were both up there kind of thing um which but there was quite a hefty gap between them and freddie mctominay and then there's yeah, also the, the usual hefty gap between freddie mctominay our center back so it was all quite spread out really um did it work i thought i mean we weren't bad but only in in fits and starts and it was mainly on the counter which i'm not sure Having the two, the false nines were necessarily what helped us in that counter. Um, it was definitely an interesting approach, but yeah, if Ronaldo had been fit, probably not one he would have gone for. Yeah, that would have been the interesting thing. If Ronaldo had been fit and had been sat on the bench, then yeah, he'd gone for it purely tactically. That's what we'll never really know. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that Guardiola was complimentary about it. Uh, but then Guardiola often is complimentary about teams that he beats. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, easy to be, easy yeah. to be after yeah. the fact. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we were definitely pressing up high. We were, re- you know, trying to win the ball. And we know that's where they're vulnerable. And we know that's where we've beat City before by winning the ball in their kind of last third. And then, yeah, quickly transitioning to a chance. Uh, and in the first half, we did have several openings. And I think we didn't really make enough of good positions. You know, time and time again, we're often our last ball or last opportunity is just missing by a yard or just slightly off. Uh and, you know, Sancho's goal in the end is not like a brilliantly worked goal, although there was a couple of nice passes in the build-up. It was brilliant. That is exactly what it was, Nick. It was exactly what, what it was. It was Ar- which one? Aragorn Bissakas? Or who, who, it was literally the only good thing to... he did all game. He <laughs> chipped a lovely ball for Langa. Langa played it off to uh, was it, uh, Bruno. Bruno off to Pogba. Pogba round the corner to Sancho. Sancho, it was a great goal. Really nice move. Flowing move all over the pitch. Great goal. There was a, lot, a nice move before, but it was really all on Sancho. I mean, that finish and move from him, he had so much to do there. Uh, and in fact, the other one that was set up, like you said, late on in the second half with Bruno was actually seemed like an easier one for him to be finishing. Whereas, yeah, the more difficult chance he puts away beautifully. Yeah, he should have scored that one towards the end of the first half. He just lost his composure a little bit, I think. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was a big chance. And yeah, look, we picked out, obviously, that Sancho was going back to play at the Etihad. Uh, for the first time since leaving them. And yeah, obviously felt like he had something to prove. And he did that over there. Um, by then, of course, we were 1-0 down already. Uh, I know at that point when it first went in, there were several messages going round our thing saying, oh my God, we're going to get annihilated. It's going to be 5-0 or whatever. Uh, it, it was it was the horror start you just don't want, right? But you weren't that surprised in the same way. And, uh, you know, it, it set the kind of pattern for the whole game where City 
everything for them was coming down their left side, stroke our right side. Uh, and, you know, it is a very strong side when they've got Cancelo attacking, Grealish came in. I think well, actually most people are expecting Sterling to start. And, you know, Warren, Aaron Wan-Bissaka has had great games against Sterling in the past. And I don't know whether this played into oh, it, it why Pep did. went with Grealish. Yeah, yeah, it that's it. Sterling did. has never had a kick against Wan-Bissaka in yeah. the past. And he had been rested in the game before, so everybody was expecting yeah. him to play. But he's gone with Grealish. And then they had silver on that side as well. So, yeah, look, there's a lot a lot to be dealing with there. But I mean, still. So it, it definitely did. And Sterling has never really got joy out of one like I said. And also, one has probably had his best games for us against City when he's just been in super slide tackle mode. And I, Pep played him perfectly in the sense that just they, they didn't engage him one-on-one. They just ran off him, overloaded him. And, yeah, he couldn't really deal with it, which is, I mean... It's hard. It's easy to say, yeah, you can't, you can't deal with that because it's it's three men. But he just didn't even like have the the wherewithal, or even he, I don't think he has the capacity to even think about how to start dealing with it. And he's not the best at tracking runners anyway. People running off him, you can do that. Um, and yeah, just it, it annoyed me because it was so obvious that they were just targeting our left side, our right side, and not not one thing changed for the whole half. They just we just continually let them. Just pounders down there. Ralph didn't make a change. Wambasaka obviously is not going to say anything. I wouldn't be surprised if Wambasaka is a, a deaf mute. To be honest with you, I don't imagine he's ever going to call for any help. Um, we could probably go through the, the list of probably a lot of people in our team with some sort of medical ailment we don't know about. Uh, Maguire's got imposter syndrome. Thinks he's a defender. Um, who else is there? Fred's got Fred, Fred's a, a bipolar. You don't know what Fred you're going to get. Um, but yeah, it's just. He just didn't know how to deal with it. He's not going to call anyone to his side. And we just did not react. And that's that was really poor for me. You'd think, okay, McTominay, go over there. Uh, Ilanga, sit 10 yards deeper than you are. But none of that happened. None of that instruction came from the bench. None of the instruction came from the players. And then they just they got continual joy down that side. Yeah, I mean, look, Langer, of course, this is the biggest match he's played in in his life. And look, he deserved to start it off recent form. But we know, obviously, his attacking attributes are his strong point rather than, you know, tactically and whatever. Although, yeah, he's been doing a lot of hard running and pressing and things like that. But, you know, it's going to take him time to get ready to be, like, tracking back and things like that in that position. So you're hoping, like you say, the likes of McTominay, Lindelof as well, who's on that side, need to be helping out Aaron Wan-Bissaka there. Uh, you know, Wan-Bissaka is taking a lot of stick and kind of, yeah, does deserve some of it. But, you know, he can't on his own deal with Cancelo and Grealish and Silva. And, yeah, that's... That's how City kind of played it, trying to go for the overload every time. But look, we did, like I say, the first goal went in. We were worried about an absolute spanking. But yeah, managed to come back into it 1-1. And we did have other, even though we didn't have any other great chances, we had other openings where a better last ball or things like that. And often it was maybe Bruno or something like that where mm. it was breaking down. Uh, you know, we saw Fred getting into good positions and as well, maybe he doesn't always have the quality to do the right thing once he's got into the box. But yeah, that first half, you felt relatively happy, even though then, yeah, we end up going 2-1 down. And yeah, it was the second goal that actually annoyed me much more than the first, just because we'd got back into the game. And as I say, it's there's a lot of similarities in, you know, where the ball's coming from and everything like that, even though it goes in a different way. I mean, whose blame do you put on for that second goal? Obviously, yeah, Foden does have, 
some very lovely play in the kind of build up, but there's still other chances to clear it from there. Uh, uh, everyone. I mean, it does start can... with a Langer. Well, that's the thing. It starts with a giveaway from a Langer uh, struggling in that corner there, but there's still several opportunities for that goal not to happen. I mean, it's, it's just a poor goal all around. Alanga, yeah, he loses the ball. It's not the worst thing in the world. Like, he's trying to pass it out. It's not a great pass. Maybe sometimes you have to know when to clear your lines, but ultimately we live in a world where everyone wants to pass the ball all the time. So not a great pass, not a great execution. I did think Alang- the occasion was a little bit too big for Alanga in the end, but like you said, he deserved his start. So it's fair enough. But yeah, it's more that it's just catalog of errors, isn't it? Lindelof dives into a challenge that he probably should stand off and then just decides to sit and watch everything unfold which is unforgivable if you ask me like if the ball goes over your head as a defender you don't just stand and stop you quickly turn around and run the way the ball's gone if you're like if, it, if someone does it to Ronaldo you can think okay fair enough it's on the what well, probably be on the edge of their box and he's a striker you don't see him legging back okay you probably should leg back still but you know it's Ronaldo if you're the center back though if you're Victor Lindelof that ball goes over your head you turn around and you sprint then you get obviously even like Fred Fred, who's someone who, you know, the, the one thing you put to Fred is, yeah, sometimes his passing can be a bit ropey. Sometimes his positioning is a bit all over the place. But he works. He works hard. And then suddenly he's just stood there watching what's going on. And he's thinking, if any of these people decide to sprint into the box, they might be able to get something. And then Maguire lets it run through his legs. Now, I've been going back and forth on this. I don't know whether it just happens a bit too quickly for Maguire. Maguire's not a man with the greatest reaction times anyway, which is a fault. Like, it's a fault, fair enough. But I don't think he, like, intentionally lets it run through his legs. I might give him the benefit of the doubt on that. It's still poor. Um, but then, yeah, it's, it's just... And then it's all over the place from there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was actually a good save from De Gea. It was a great like save. I thought we got out of jail when he made that save. Yeah, and it's the reaction from our players around it. Yeah, You know, as you say, you see Lindelof who's just standing watching, and De Bruyne, who scores the goal, actually comes from past him. Oh, he just runs past, to come run past and get him, that. yeah. That's what I'm saying. If he uh, turns and runs as soon as the ball goes over his head, he's running with De Bruyne at that point. Yeah, and that's it. They're just ball watching, which is unforgivable, like I say. Something I would moan at everybody, even on a Saturday morning, and our kickabout game. Uh, there was also McTominay as well, who was kind of watching on the corner yeah, of the box. kind of like making a half ass, like, yeah, kind of, yeah. But I don't know whether it's now our players are almost like resigned that, oh, yeah, that's going to go in. Uh, but that, yeah, that is the problem. You know, that's where mentally they're not at the right place. And as I say, if they're three City players are come past our kind of defence, because at the point where Foden gets in our box, he's on his own. And if our players had gone with them, there's three City players that then end up like around our six yard box with just, yeah, our defenders around. And yeah, they managed to get it and it goes in from there. I mean, we still fought pretty well for the rest of that half. And at half time, you weren't massively disappointed. And you were like, look, we're still in this game at least, which, you know, earlier in the season when we played City, we weren't in that game at any point, you know, yeah. towards the end of Ole's kind of time. Uh, whereas in this game, you feel like we've done a lot better first half. And then, yeah, look, like I say, we've already talked about it, but it's difficult to kind of explain how bad we then were in the second half. Uh, I mean, I know we're then chasing the game slightly at that point and possibly Fred is pushed a bit further up. There's more space. They've got... Um, 
but De Bruyne uh, sitting right behind us with also yeah Foden and whatever like you say there's a lot of, they're always in those spaces behind trying to come through us but yeah second half was more like one way traffic and that was a really really more difficult watch uh, you know and any kind of positivity we took from that first half was completely lost in that second half yeah it was uh, I, I was a I was surprised we didn't bring Matic on a bit earlier than, uh, well, we didn't bring him on at all, but I'm surprised we didn't bring him on around the 55, 60 minute when it was clear like we were just getting overran because he's not been afraid to make defensive substitute, defensive quote unquote defensive substitutions in situations where we still need to go on and win. Like he's changed fullbacks before and things like that. I'm surprised he didn't bring Matic in just for a bit of calmness in midfield, someone to sit, try break up play a bit. And plus, Matic has been quite good in the last couple of games. So I thought that was odd that he didn't bring him on. He didn't again. Like I feel like Ralph was very passive in this game. He didn't do anything to change the their threat in the first half, and in the second half, he only all he did was bring on Rashford and Lingard, which is possibly one of the worst double substitutions I've ever seen in my life. I mean, look, I do I can understand that he's just bringing on the attacking players he's got, and he knows That's we so need a goal. Basic though, isn't it? It is so but basic, I, and especially I mean, when one of them is Lingard. I mean, that is there is there is no argument for that being a good decision. No argument. There is... I mean, Rangnick comes across as a fairly intelligent guy, but putting on Lingard is unquestionably dumb. It's so dumb that there isn't... If he if he does it again at this point, he's a pure moron. I mean, I don't have a major issue with Lingard he, coming into play. he doesn't give play. a shit. He does not give a shit, Lingard. Not one shit does he give. He's there just ambling around, jogging around. Why does he give a shit? He's leaving at the end of the season. He knows he's leaving. His performances now aren't going to impact what kind of club he goes to. So why does he give a shit? Hello, he's somebody who's come through our system. I think in a Manchester derby that Jesse Lingard does still give a shit. He touched the ball twice. Yeah, look, but our whole team by then was pretty lost. I mean, Rashford Uh, touched the ball 10 times. That's literally whatever percentage more than Lingard. 500. Yeah. but yeah, look, I do understand. I do understand. But the, I mean, the killer was that he made that sub and it was what, two minutes later, three minutes later that they go 3-1. And, you know, we see Roy Keane coming out saying these boys gave up. And that was the most disappointing thing. There's still like 20 minutes of the game left, more even, 25, so I think it's 68th minute. So you've still got another 25 minutes. And it just looked like as soon as that third goal went in, that our team was just defeated. They were just nobody. And that, and that, I don't know, that can only really go down to like on-pitch leadership. That is where you need somebody to step up and say, look, it's not over. We're still in this game. And that's obviously totally lacking. Uh, you know, we've talked time and time again about Maguire and lack of kind of leadership and who is going to be the one who does it on the pitch over there. Uh, you know, even when you watch the post-matches, I get a lot more confidence from watching Scott McTominay and what he has to say after a game than when I see what Harry Maguire has to say. But then and, Scott yeah. McTominay can lead on the pitch. This is the one thing I don't get about the, the the being someone being a captain is just because you got an armband on doesn't mean that you're then the only person who can can lead. So yeah, I do get that. But at the same time, he is. It was a youngish team. There wasn't that much experienced players out there. Uh, you know, when you're missing some of the older heads, whether it's like Varane, whether it's Ronaldo, none of those players are around. Yeah. Scott McTominay is a younger player. 
But yeah, I think he is still a vocal player. I think he is somebody who's got kind of more leadership qualities than somebody like Maguire. But yeah, look, that is where it's lacking. Like I say, as soon as that third goal hits, you can see our team is deflated. Heads go down. Nobody, people are kind of stopping chasing. They're all a bit lost. And then, yeah, that was the thing. The last bit of the game just gets played out with nothing from us at all. And, you know, you understand why you see that kind of reaction from Roy Keane, who would have been that sort. And Gary Neville as well. He was also a very good captain. Uh, You know, these are the players that we don't have anybody like that anymore to like dictate what's going on on the pitch in those kind of situations and yeah you just see the team they feel done they feel defeated and there was just as I say Roy Keane said they gave up and you know is that do you feel like that as well yeah I mean it's probably the easiest conclusion to come is that they maybe yeah give up or just felt well there's no way we can they're too they're they're too good they're much better than us there's no way we can get back into this um which is disappointing because yes, City are a better team than us, but you have to make up for that um, shortcoming with work ethic and work rate and just personal pride, which probably just goes to a deeper issue within the camp. Maybe uh, deeper issues of, I mean, we've what we've had reports after this that United are the players are confused or uncertain about the manager situation, which seems like bollocks to me. Like you've got a job, you're getting paid, get on with it, kind of thing. But <laughs> Yeah, obviously there's something wrong in the camp. And plus with Scott McTominay's odd comments afterwards. Um, can't remember what they were off the top of my head, but something about like he's just trying to he's just trying to keep everyone together or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes people do overanalyze into these things, but yeah, I think it's you know, fair a player to say comes it. out and is asked a question in a post match. He's just come off. He's not had time to think about it. And I think often there's over analysis mm. about these but kind of do comments. Do you think everything is completely? A-OK behind the scenes. Look, in a season where your manager has been sacked, there can never be A-OK. Yeah, there's always going to be some kind of turmoil. There's always going to be players who are lacking in confidence. I'm sure there is like dressing room squabbles. I hope there is. You know, after we get beaten, I'd hope there is people like falling out with each other. If they're all just happy and everybody after losing 4-1 in the Manchester derby, then I'd actually be pissed off. Uh, I hope they are tearing bits out of each other and, uh, you know, there's things but going that's on. That's easy. The, the, the thing with that is, could, in, my, in, my, in your mind, you picture the dressing room after the game. Do you think it's people having to go at each other or do you think it's people just sat glumly? No, I think, I don't know, maybe in this game, just because it was kind of, we're defeated, we've thrown it away, there might have just been a more kind of depression. No one even but kicked some anyone. other games. No one even kicked anyone. That's the thing. No one was angry yeah, enough to kick Yeah, you mean our players and their players, or you're yeah. talking about in our dressing room. No, no, I mean on the pitch. <laughs> um, Maguire kicked De Bruyne, but that was the break, break of an attack. But other than that, you, no one, right, no, like, never, at one point, never said, oh, someone's going to put in a nasty challenge. And... Nothing. It didn't even come close to that. We weren't even getting close enough to put in a nasty challenge or anything. No one lost their rag. Not the type of stuff you kind of typically see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, like I say, if you if you when you're losing three one, if you give up, you might as well give a few injuries and take a couple of yellow cards. Not at that the very we can do this sort of thing, by the way. <laughs> No, but yeah, look, like in a derby, that is what your fans want to see. That even if you're going down, you go down fighting, not with a whimper like that. And 
like I say, I don't know about this particular game, but we do know because there is stories about, you know, how certain players have not been that happy with each other and things are discussed in the dressing room after. And yeah, I would hope they are. Like, you know, even even if yeah, I lose a game on, like I say, Saturday morning, we scream and shout at each other. Like, yeah, you yeah. shouldn't be happy in that situation. It's just normal. And, you know, sometimes as well, like I say, the media can blow these things out into some big fallout and this dressing room split and whatever. But it is normal in all dressing rooms when teams lose there's going to be players who are like arguing with each other and it should be because you can't be happy about that and oh, it's normal like you know you're going to blame somebody if the goal's coming I think of course one of the big problems maybe is that your captain is the one who's standing up but when if he's the one who's actually at fault for several of the goals then that's when people are going to start looking around and saying yeah well hang on that's actually down to you so yeah who are you want to say and then maybe yeah this is the point where there starts being issues about who is the captain and are people really following that over there but the problem uh, is the standards are currently like who could be the captain yeah we have had this I mean, discussion again and again you know bruno's name gets thrown out but then he's been crap a lot of the time as well then you could just point the finger at him like how many times you give the ball away today mate or whatever at least he could probably turn around more often and say well i did i did actually score stroke assist or create this many chances that you lot didn't score but then someone would turn around to him and say well you missed that open goal didn't you so i mean it's it's all in our there's no one there is no one you really within our squad who is setting these super high standards currently our best player at the moment is Jaden sancho um, yeah, and he's obviously not captain material. Um, but yeah, well, look, give it one like he can lead through silence. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, if we go back to one Bissaka, we briefly touched on this on the last podcast, but what do you think's happened to Dallow? Oh, I think, you know, a who couple knows? of months ago, it looked like he's locked back in and that, you know, one Bissaka is only going to get a look in for rotation and injury. And all of a sudden, I think it's been at least four or five matches now so, that um, Dallow has not started. One it, Lindelof was thrown in there and then the other three has been Aaron one Bissaka. It is odd because we thought we were like past the, we thought we'd moved on from the, the Aaron one Bissaka days for good, we thought. And then, He's suddenly come back in and been fair. But I did kind of see why he'd start him today because he's had those good games against City in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they just completely played to his weaknesses 100%, as in rushing when he's on the ball. Um, yeah, make him do actual defending that's not slide tackling. And yeah, he was just terrible. He is terrible. Um, I don't know why Dallow's not. Dallow should come in against Spurs, you would think, uh, unless some sort of fallout's happened. But I don't know why Dallow doesn't seem. I mean, who knows who's the type, but but yeah, it's odd. Um, Wan-Bissaka is, is quite terrible, ultimately. And yeah, look, I, I had a look back and, you know, this season, there's four times where we've conceded four plus goals one time, five goals against Liverpool, uh, four in this match against City. Then there was Leicester and then there was that Watford. Watford, we managed to score, concede four goals sometimes. I mean, the caveat that day was we were down to 10 men and two of them were in like uh, injury time at the end of the game. But still, eventually it was 4-1. And each time our defence those days was Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Lindelof, Maguire. Uh, this like the common theme. And then Shaw's in there for a couple and Tellez obviously played Tellez in this one over bad. there. I think t- this, this game kind of uh, was the summing up of Tellez where you should only really play him if you're going to have a lot of the ball. But if he has to do I a, think, look, if he has to do I a was lot of actually... defending, then yeah, no. 
you know, pre-match, I was more worried about Tellez because I think he's an all right player. He's a decent backup. But yeah, defensively, he's like uh, often lacking. And, you know, he was up against Mares. But really, yeah, Tellez got off lightly because City overloaded on the other side. And all right, even though Mares did end up scoring two goals. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, they, they, they overloaded the other side. But every time they <laughs> went down his side, they got a bit of joy. I mean, for the first goal, Tellez was pointing at De Bruyne. But then neither him or Maguire ever decided to actually go mark the guy. And then at various points, I think twice Mahrez got the ball and he's, and he's like, you know what Mahrez is going to do? He's going to literally try to put it on his left foot and shoot. And we just kind of, he's like, tells us like, yep, there you go. And then we, oh, we, we hadn't even talked about their third goal where Mahrez scored from the corner, which was ridiculous because about five, ten minutes before that, they did a free kick where De Bruyne pulled it back to Mahrez on the edge but the box had a strike. Like, unmatched clean strike and we got away with that one and at no point then after that did anyone think ooh that Mahrez is over there he might he might do that again no this is what I'm saying our players just they just seem dumb into the to what's going on around them like as I said like they're overloading the right the right wing it's like they need the instruction from to come from what from Ragnik that they have to do these things it, it, it doesn't seem like a very like they just know what they're doing half the time it's like they're no, waiting for I mean, someone else to tell them. But that, that instruction has to come from Maguire. The captain, the defender, he is the one who has to make sure somebody is marking Riyad Mahrez in that situation. And that, yeah, all right, maybe it does go back to training ground, set up for set pieces and things like that. And also, at the same time, it is a really great strike. Uh, you know, he gets slightly lucky as well because there is a bit of a deflection as it comes through. But yeah, it is a great strike. Uh, it's that a puts great strike, in... yeah, but it's, it's, it's just, it's, that should never happen. Never happen, especially after you've got away with it once. And yeah, it's a different sort of routine, but he's still a match on the edge of the area and you still think, okay, yeah, De Bruyne has like, seeked him out once, he might well seek him out again. Yeah, I, I, you are right. It does the, the, Your lead defender should be, especially with you have your other three defenders aren't the most vocal. Mm. And then what? Who? Yeah, there's not a lot of voices in that team, especially when it comes to like picking up players and stuff. Uh, yeah. No, it has to be Maguire. It has to be. Uh, there's nobody else who can be like organising the defence in that situation. And if he's not doing that well, then there's really no point in him being over there. Um, but yeah, as I say, there's some credit to Mahrez over there. But it's disappointing. It's, even for the first goal, like De Bruyne should not be have that much space yeah. in our box without being marked. You know, these are the issues that we're just too reactive and players are not like, you know, in the right place at the right time. And yeah, that's why you end up getting beat. Uh, you know, still, you look back, obviously, and it's not this game, which is going to be our complete failing. It's obviously points that we've thrown away recently to Watford, to Southampton, to Burnley, to, you know, all these kind of games. Uh, and yeah, I was looking, you know, always like looking at the XG. And the crazy thing is that in this game, City actually had a lower XG than we had against Watford. They're at 2.7, have ended up getting four goals. We were at 2.9 versus Watford and didn't get any. And, uh, you know, that's that's the crazy thing of how you look at the, how these kind of games run. You know, XG is always interesting to look at. But, yeah, we actually had a higher one and up with zero goals. And City around there are banging in four this day. But yeah, well, we have to quickly regroup, as I say. Losing that derby is not going to be the game that dictates how our season goes. But it uh, probably is the game that tells you you're not, we're not going to get top four, are we? 
That, yeah, this one for me was a killer. And I said it on the last one. I said, because we've thrown away these points against your Watfords and whatever, we now have to pull out some big game results. And, you know, I threw back memories to that Van Louis Van Hal run where he kind of pulled out some three or four mad results uh, toward around this time of the season and did pull us into top four. Uh, but yeah, this time it's not going to be that way. Although, yeah, next game up is Tottenham. Was, you know, it's not dead and done, but yeah, Arsenal are now sat in fourth position with three games in hand. So they're going to have to mess up pretty, pretty badly to let either of us or Spurs in. Uh, I saw Conte talking yesterday saying that, yeah, if we get top four for me, that's as good as winning the Champions League from this point, basically. And they're in a better position than us. So, yeah. uh, you know, for us now to get it, yeah, it's, yeah, like I say, it's going to be an absolute catastrophe from Arsenal. And yeah, Tottenham are still in a better position than us because I think they've still got two games on us and Arsenal have got three. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But that is our next two matches. Tottenham at home, uh, then Atletico in the Champions League. Uh, you know, we were talking about this month of death, but the Liverpool game that was supposed to be at the end of March has now been postponed. And we've actually only got three matches this month after playing seven games in February. And we'll have no game for 18 days uh, after that Atletico, which is a week today, next Tuesday, as we're recording this on Tuesday. We'll have no match for like more than two weeks, uh, not till Leicester in April. Uh, so, yeah, if we if we lose that one and you end up stewing for that many days of being out of everything, that's going to be a killer kind of break and season write-off. So... Yeah, we hope we look something to look forward in these next two. I mean, yeah, two two home games coming. Are you going to be at both of those? Uh, I'm not at the Spurs game, uh, but I am at the Atletico Madrid game. Uh, no, for no reason other than uh, I've got some family over who want to go to the Spurs game, and I'm a very generous human. It's easy to be generous when we're not playing well, <laughs> is what I would say. <laughs> um, and I've, I've, I've given them my tickets. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I would like to see a lot of changes for this Spurs game, but it will, ultimately it won't, it won't happen, and B, it really can't happen because of the squad we have. But I mean, I feel like there should be some sort of repercussions from that City performance, but can there be? Probably not. We don't have the players. I, I feel honestly feel like Phil Jones should start. Phil Jones, in his one performance this, this year, has put in more commitment than probably half our team have. Um, but he'd probably start Lingard, won't he? That's what he'd probably do. As you say, yeah, we have to see who comes back in here. Uh, Shaw and Varane were confirmed after the game as COVID positive. Uh, I'm not even too sure what all the protocols are nowadays because officially uh, in England, you don't have to isolate or anything if you've got COVID anymore. But yeah, I guess in the sports team, they don't want it running yeah, all through the squad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have to see when they come back in, if they're available or not. And yeah, they were big misses for us. Shaw and Varane especially, yeah, Shaw and as Varane I say. Were. Big, big, you know. And as I say, Varane is the one who's been missing. Each time we've got spanked this season, Varane was not playing. And, you know, it's been a shame that he's not been... I wouldn't start calling him an injury issue like somebody like Cavani yet, but he has been missing a bit more than I kind of hoped for. I mean, you can't call Cavani an injury issue because he's not actually injured, is he ever? Really? Is he? Let's be honest. <laughs> I well, mean, did... yeah, look, that's the official reason why he was <laughs> well, not did, in, he, involved did, in the derby. Didn't he, tra- he trained before the derby for three days, apparently, and Rangnick was expecting him and he just said, no, nah, I can't. It's odd one. I... It, it is an odd one. And yeah, uh, you know, I think it's a shame because as I say, Cavani for me was somebody I really liked and 
I, I did. We, we, I did even remember though saying around this time last season that oh, his injury issues. I'm not going to be that bothered if he doesn't extend at this point. Um, but yeah, when he has played, you tend to be pretty happy with how he's done. I think the Ronaldo coming in is something that pissed him off a fair yeah. bit. Um, even I'm not going to say about taking of the shirt and things like that, but he was that kind of senior striker that was going to be the experienced one, was going to kind of rotate with Mason. And then obviously all that has gone out the window. Um, and yeah, on top of that, his injury issues, not having Greenwood, sending Martial out on loan. We're now left with like, yeah, not many options at all. No. Uh, you know, Rashford could have played this game and now there's stories about he's not happy about not being involved at the same time he doesn't really deserve to based on recent performances I mean he's not done a lot to be deserved to be starting in these games at all but yeah if Ronaldo is still not available next weekend I would expect him to go back and throw in somebody like Rashford yeah. uh, we I mean I at that point when you think like just throw well, in there a youngster who's just been called up to like yeah, we Argentina actually mentioned him on the last podcast. Alejandro Garnacho. He's probably, he probably got, deserves it more, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, look, he's not going to start a game from nowhere, but he should definitely expect to maybe start being involved in the bench if we're really down to, like, no strikers at all. Uh, you know, you I listened just recently to Kiko Matkeda on the United podcast talking about when he came into the team, and uh, that one's well worth listening to. You know, he said it was an absolute shock to him when Fergie told him that day you're in the matchday squad, and he said, I didn't for one minute even think I'd get on the pitch. I was just happy to be sat on the bench, and then he ended up coming in and scores absolute vital goal for us that day. And yeah, Garnacho is a top, top talent. But as we said last time, he's only 17. He's not even been on our bench yet. But yeah, why not? Like I say, let's get him involved at least. Especially even if it's just... Yeah, over, over someone like Lingard, who just does not deserve it. Um, but yeah, I can see uh, I can see Matic coming back in, uh, probably. And yeah, who knows? To be honest, it depends who's potentially fit. I can see Ronaldo probably recovering in time. Although he went off to Portugal, didn't he, instead of, uh, instead of hanging around? Yeah, you know, some people apparently were saying... I find that slightly weird as well, like especially when it's the derby, even just being around the dressing room, if he wants to be that kind of leader position, you know, he should be there. Uh, he, maybe he has some personal reasons about recovery and things like that. I don't know exactly. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of rumours. And whenever we lose, there's so many negative stories and people jump on all these things. And I always say that, like, look, at least half of these stories are going to be totally made up and not a bullshit the other half there probably is always going to be some things like you know you said to me before we know that things are not all hunky-dory and not all happy but at the same time i think things are not normally as bad as is made out out there as well and yeah before this you know we'd been on a relatively decent run of form uh you know if we look at our form going into this game compared to spurs we've actually had the same kind of points out of our last six games they've been more up and down with three wins three losses whereas we've been kind of one win, three draws, and a loss. But yeah, at the end, it comes out in the same way. And we've both been uh, knocked out of the FA Cup by Middlesbrough. So yeah, a lot of uh, similarities in our run there. Um, but yeah, it is going to be interesting. They absolutely spanked Everton uh, just last night. Harry Kane seems to be coming into form at just the worst time for us after being pretty poor for most of the season. Uh, he looked very good in that Everton game. Um, Conte's 
got them still, you know, he had that utter meltdown when they lost to Burnley just a couple of weeks ago. But then again, you know, they've come back and won again from there. Uh, and yeah, there is this story, of course, how loads linked him to us. We talked about it in the last podcast. I don't know, were you in the time of wanting Conte in? I was no, not no, wanting him want in. Conte is too much of a madman. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, I know there's others, and I think uh, especially Colm like, said, look, I think we're going to regret not having Conte in a lot and, uh, you know, Tottenham could well finish above us yet. And, yeah, that could well yet happen yet, and this kind of game will dictate that over there. Uh, but now, yeah, maybe we're only fighting for Europa League places. But, yeah, even that is something that we probably do want to fight for, whereas a uh, few I, years ago... I'm I'm never against... I'm not that against Europa. I think it's an all right competition. That conference thing, forget that. Like, if we're going to finish in that, we should tank. We should start tanking games. But um, Europa, I don't... It's, it gets a, it's a decent competition the later you get into it. You just have to put up with these, those crappy group games. But we should have a big enough squad, hopefully, next year when we get some people in to deal with that so it should be fine but i yeah i think we should try at least finish in the europa ultimately this is no, this, yeah. is, this is the this is the level we're at, at the moment we have to we can't be sniffing at europa league football well look it is not a shame you know we talked you know i always pointed out that only had got us back to being a solid champions league team at the very least after finishing third after finishing second and you know at the start of this season that was our bare minimum expectation even even two months ago i've said on this podcast i was still very much expecting we are going to finish top four and i think we were in you know well placed to do so and the as i say the really frustrating thing is taken away the City game we've played well enough to be definitely in that position and the crazy thing is as bad as we've been we're still not definitely out of that race uh, even though yeah it's going to take like I say Arsenal messing up quite badly as yet yeah but we do have to play them again so yeah there's a six pointer yeah, in there I think they've got Liverpool coming up but then we also have Liverpool coming up so you know yeah so it's not totally totally dead I think they play Spurs as well yeah they do play Spurs they've got, uh, they've got Spurs as one of their games in hand but it's I mean, they are looking pretty solid against teams they should be beating, Arsenal, which is kind of what you need to be doing, uh, beating the teams. Yeah, and there was that Wolves game that they had just a couple of uh, oh, games ago. Last minute, yeah. Yeah, where they were 1-0 going into injury time and won it. And they're the days, which is the difference between us and where we've thrown away two points in games we should be winning, whereas they've pulled out wins. And they don't have any other. They're not in Europe. They're not in any of the Cups. They're just totally focusing on the league, even though they will have a bit of a kind of fixture pile-up at some point. Because like I say, three games in hand to play. But yeah, don't have any Europe or anything to go with. So can do that there. Uh, we'll just touch quickly on Atletico. Before I do, I want to give a shout out to manscaped our sponsors uh at the moment they're throwing out a spring cleaning copy um yeah the lawnmower 4.0 is their main bundle if anyone hasn't realized we have changed our code so to get 20 percent off all your manscaped products head over to manscaped.com and it's now united hour 20 uh we always talk about their lawnmower and their performance package but there's some other cool things they have out there the Weed Whacker Nose and Hair Ear Trimmer has got their SkinScape technology, helps to reduce nicks, snags and tugs in that delicate nose area. I mean, yeah, I know that when you pull those airs out, that's the biggest killer of the lot. Uh, 
crop preserver as their anti-chafing ball deodorant uh, and moisturizer starting uh, it's crucial to keep stocks your area not sticking around your legs over there and then yeah the other thing you get is the crop reviver spray on toner uh, so yeah plenty of things to go and look at over there head over to manscape.com and use the code united hour 20 um i'm not I think we'll probably will end up recording the next show after Atletico Madrid, just because we'd then have a big break after that. We you, we may still throw you out one after Tottenham if you're lucky, but yeah, I want to set the expectations at the right level. Um, so yeah, let's give a quick let's preview for that. Let's be honest. It it largely depends on the result. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I'm I'm always ready to come after a loss. It actually makes me feel better. Like I say, it's like cathartic. It's therapeutic. I'm like, I want to get it all out there. And I actually feel better mm. after kind of recording. But yeah, I do also understand why often, yeah, we get a bad result and people are like, I do not want to talk about it. And that's why, yeah, it took us a couple of days to get ready to talk about this one. But we are here. But yeah, to quickly touch on off Letico, quite clearly Champions League is our last chance of any kind of silverware we're not expecting that but I will be happy just to get through this tie uh, when we played that first leg Atletico had been in pretty bad form but they're actually got in much better form after putting a pretty good performance against us and after we since then we've obviously drawn with Watford and lost to City they've won both their games against uh, Celta Vigo and Real Betis uh, Yao Felix who scored against us has scored another couple also had a a couple of goals from Lodi. So they're actually hitting form, whereas we're not particularly. They're playing Cadiz on the weekend where we've got Tottenham. Um, I will also be at this one. So, yeah, we will both be there. So, yeah, you'll get our reports from after being uh, in the ground for that. And, yeah, look, I, I am just looking forward to a big kind of Champions League European mm. night. Uh, it's been a long while since we've had one of those because of COVID, because of this, and because we were in the Europa League. But, yeah. I, you know, you're half disappointed when we got that draw off Atletico because they could have been much easier ones on paper. But at the same time, these are the games you really feel up for, right? Yeah. Um, but I was trying to think about... We, we, we did win our last... Our two Champions League games at home this season that meant something. Because uh, the last one we didn't, but it was a dead rubber. But I just think we, we did win them in the last minute, both of them. Well, no. We we won Villarreal in the last minute and um, Atlanta wasn't quite last minute, but we did come back from two nil goal, two goals down. Mm. And it's more that our we're not very good at home, really, are we? That's the thing. If you, the idea is, you know, you get a result to their at their place and then you bring them back to ours, and that's that's enough. But I mean, it's just not like that for us, is it? Our home record this season is probably about on par with our away record, I think. Yeah, so, well, I mean, not just this season; it's been like yeah, that for a couple for a while, of seasons, right? Like, it's not a fortress at all. Not something you can rely on for us to get a result at. So I think the crowd will be up for it at least. Um, but with the form that we're in, with that display against City, will the crowd turn on the team? Maybe. I think it all depends on how they t- how they play. And, you know, we cannot play as badly as we did in that first half against Atletico. We were very, very lucky that day that we only went in 1-0 down and at least like managed to pull out a much better performance in the second half. There's no way we can be as bad again. Well, well yeah, we'll be out of this competition and we'll be absolutely wallowing in sadness for the next of March until like we get another game in April. Uh, you know, that's why this game, just because it's such that long break and now that we know that top four is going to be a reach for us, just to have some kind of joy in keeping going in the Champions League is the only thing we've really got to look forward to now. 
if people missed it, we did mention it last time, our away goal means nothing because, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no more away goals. So, yeah, if this game is a draw, it will go to extra time and there is a possibility of penalties as well. I can well. see that being a very likely outcome and we know what happens when we go to penalties. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> we do not like to see that. And it's always something like just how, yeah, so many bad memories of, yeah, being in Old Trafford for a couple of penalty shootouts against the likes of Sunderland and Middlesbrough and whoever. Well, uh, what, uh, we won, won, won one of our last five or something, I think it says, something. Yeah. Six, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, we scored, we scored loads. The last two penalty shootouts we've had, we've scored every single penalty apart from the goalkeeper. So. They were actually, yeah, and that you know that Villarreal. There was brilliant penalties again, just yeah, against Middlesbrough as well. You can't really fault like the takers that much. It's a far cry from I remember. I think it was Sunderland where we put in one of the worst set of penalties you're ever going to see. I remember Phil Jones barely even managing to reach the keeper with his penalty that day. Uh, but yeah, like you say, lately it's just really has been down to a bit of bad luck. Uh, you know, generally very quality penalties, but. I hope we don't have to go to that, even though it is exciting to be in the stadium the late night there. I hope we can finish this off before then. Uh, as I say, Ranjik has to get the team up for it. But yeah, first, some kind of result against Tottenham so we can have some kind of confidence going into that is going to be very, very important. Yeah. Um, as I say, yeah, I think we are going to round off that over there today. We may be back after Tottenham. Uh, we'll definitely be recording after that Atletico game and see where we go into that. Another kind of international break after then. Uh, do please hit us up on Twitter with any of your questions. Yeah, love all the kind of feedback we get over there nowadays. And check out on, yeah, Red Cafe, where there's often some discussion on the latest podcast. Uh, yeah, thank you to all our subscribers and those still backing us on Patreon. Uh, do actually, yeah, I did promise and I still haven't done it that Manscaped did say they were going to give us a prize to give out to our Patreon guys. So at some point, I need to get a draw of you guys, and one of you guys should will be getting a Manscaped package at some point. So, yeah, that's another reason to give another week or so for anyone if you want to come and sign up for our Patreon. Then after that, we're going to pick a name out of the hat, and one of you guys will get a Manscaped package. Um, I think that is all for now, unless you've got anything to add in, Bran. Uh, nope, all from me. Cheers, guys. Cheers for following us. Cheers. And yeah, just to say, Imran has promised that next time we get three of us on a podcast, he's going to have a quiz for you. I've got, it ready. Several... I've got it ready. I've got a quiz raring to go. I just, we just need uh, we just need someone to, to join me and you, Nick. Yeah, yeah, all right. So we'll, that's okay, the challenge you down. Jamie, Colm, we'll... Alex, Ed, come on. Come on down. Yeah, we'll, Ashwin. We'll... Ashwin's not been on for a while. Yeah, we'll try and sort this out for the post-Athletico pod because we have a kind of quite a big gap there that's always the problem when we have too many games we'll try and get at least three of us on and we'll like i say there's many many people who've been asking for an imran stupid game so we're way overdue one of those hold your don't hold your breath but yeah we'll uh, we'll get it done <laughs> all right that is all from us and yeah we will see you back next week cheers guys good night sports social podcast network with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.